podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Emil Heskey, and you're listening to the guys of the Coppin Frackers. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Carpet Fracas Powered by Sustain Media Group. I'm your host Chris and this week I'm joined by Fahi and Anik to discuss everything we can review for Liverpool Football Club. Gentlemen, how are you doing this evening and Happy New Year? Yeah, Happy New Year Chris. How you doing mate? I'm good man. I could have done with all the, without all the uh, Happy New Year. So where's this uh, report? Where's this document? Um, as soon as I logged on to Teams this morning. Yeah. But no, I'm all good. I'm all good. How long does the Happy New Year last for, by the way? I mean, how long can we keep saying Happy New Year for? So I think until the 5th. I think the 5th is a good cut-off point. Yeah. Mm. Are we saying this for because work? Like, because like anything after the 5th, then, yeah, I'll just get frustrated. I'll be like, mate, you're like 360 days early. That's what I'm going to turn around and say. Yeah, now I, I kind of just continue on until people say it, stop saying it to me. Just is what it is. I, th- it's, I think it's usually like two weeks. Weirdly. I had someone do it in like end of January last last year. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit late that one, you know. Yeah, you get them people, man. <laughs> but the Fahi, how are you doing? I'm alright. I'm alright. Just had some roasties. Tasted really good. So I'm I'm in a good mood. I thought you know, before I speak about the dross at Liverpool <laughs> Football Club. I'd I'd feed myself some nice food, so I had some roasties with some fish and some salad. Went nice. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Make sure you're well nourished before you get a good flogging in. That's you know, as it is in the Bible and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, if you do want a bit more cop and fracas content, and we've got a lot of stuff coming within the next month, um, do head over to the Patreon page. That's www.patreon.com forward slash cop and fracas and sign up from as little as £3 a month today. Um, we'll talk about, a bit more about all the Patreon stuff a, bit, a little bit later on in the pod, but we're, there's only one place we really have to start off, and it is Chelsea 2, Liverpool 2. Um, start off how the, how the game started really um because i know people will moan if we don't discuss this kind of off the rip uh do you think Mane should have got sent, sent off six seconds into the game uh nah i don't think he should have got sent off no right. and that's not coming from a biased standpoint i don't think i don't think it was worth of a red card i think it was worth going up for it i mean i've seen the replay nah he's a nasty guy worth. man i'm sorry I'm sorry. Mane knows what he's doing. He knows yeah, he knows what he's doing. But I don't think it's a red card. Fam, I- I'm not going to lie. If that happened to us, we'd be like, yo, where's the red card straight away? 
Let, let's be real. Let's be real. Like he literally decked him. He 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 saw him at the third on the third second, and then he was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna get him." And then he went for him, and he's been doing this a lot recently. I don't, Chris, I don't remember what game it was, but remember I highlighted it in one of our chats, and I was like, "This guy is leaving a mark on people when he falls over on them." I don't know what game it was. Oh, it was yeah. a game weeks ago. And I, I showed the highlight. I was like, look, look what he's doing. And like what he would do is when there's body contact with another player, pause, he would like fall on them and then he'd make sure his weight completely lands on their legs and like he'd try and leave a mark. So he he's smart, man. He knows what he's doing. He's got a nasty streak to him, which is what we need because we've got so many choir boys in the squad. But um, yeah, if, if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd be like, yo, that's a red card. But I think the only thing that went for us was the fact that it was six seconds in. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where you can kind of say, obviously, the adrenaline's flowing and whatnot. But I think that's a fair point to say, to say as well that we've seen it in Atletico Madrid games, especially as well, that they get so amped up and so kind of pumped up that he, you know, kind of leaves a little bit extra in and gets people wound up for it. So it, it is what it is with that. But also on the flip side as well, um, do you think Mount should have got sent off? Because uh, that looked a bit naughty to me. I thought he probably should have got a red card, in all honesty. Mount, Mount, what did Mount do? Remind me. Yeah, uh, he kicked out. As well, oh, yes, he kicked him out. Yeah, he kicked out, didn't he? Um, at first, I was like, yeah, you know what? That that he he's kicking out as a red. But the only thing that saves him is the fact of the lack of contact. Like he kicks out, but it's not his foot that he hits him with. He hits him with like. I don't know. It was like his shin or something, and it really didn't touch him. And I think also the fact it was Shimikas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think also the fact that Shimikas didn't really react too badly to it—that's what saved Mount. If Shimikas had rolled around on the floor, like like a proper wasteman, like what what we what he should have done, um, I think Mount probably could have got sent off. But he probably didn't think there was too much in it. But it just looked really bad in the highlights. Um, so yeah, again, I, I'm going to say that wasn't a sending off. I, this is 2 0 to Chelsea already, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a weird one for me. I, I thought you should have got sent off, to be fair. It just looked, you know, when we look at it, you think, ah, it's a bit naughty. It's the intent, uh, isn't it? It's the intent. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. It, yeah, he's, he's obviously frustrated. He's going, oh, for fuck's sake, kicked out at him. But yeah, lack of contact obviously does, obviously does help in his favour there. Um, Anik, you had the pleasure of being. So I want to say, Anik, obviously you were at the game, right? Um, did you not notice stuff like that happening? Like, talk to us. Where were you sitting? What were you doing? Were you in the shed, mate? Nah, Matthew Harden, upper man. What, what were you doing? Hostile, there? Who was your connect? I just know someone in it sought me out with tickets. Wow. It was a bloody palaver getting in, though. Palaver, man. These guys they held us outside the ground for like 20 minutes because the ticket didn't correspond to whatever was on. Whatever idea we had to someone else's ticket that we sure. just bought, and they thought it was like ticket touts or whatever. And me and my brother were like, "Oh, why are you just picking on us?" And obviously, we couldn't like make too much of a fuss because we wanted to get your age because you're at Stamford Bridge, mate. That's uh, why. Yep, you said it. You summed it up perfectly, Farhi. That's yeah, exactly the, the, the reason. Those are of mine and, and and mine only. But yeah, I yep. said it. Yeah, you said it, and I think you summed up perfectly. Um, yeah, so eventually managed to get in. Literally got in, what, five minutes before kickoff? And, you know, you just stand up and you look around. And it's like, oh, my God. Can't can't do anything in this stand. It's like just full of these meatheads everywhere, just shouting. And 
you know, Bold really, really, you could, yeah, basically, really, really up for the game. You could tell because um, obviously they had got the safe standing area on the opposite side in the shed end, and obviously in the Matthew Harding lower. But there, there was there was a bit of atmosphere. I'll be honest with you, there was there was a bit of atmosphere in the Chelsea end, but it was from the first minute I could tell that it was hostile, real, real hostile, and. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'll probably think twice about sitting in the Chelsea end again, um, only because some of the stuff I was hearing, especially towards the Liverpool fans, uh, to Liverpool players, um, Konate and Salah. But it's so weird because when it comes to their players, like, you know, they they, they just love them up and it's like everything just, just goes out the window. But yeah, no, man, hostile atmosphere. But um, yeah, I suppose if, if you're a Chelsea fan, it's it's, it's a good place to sit. So, um, so what are you saying? What are you saying, Anik? I'm going to get my um, investigative journalism on here. Uh, are, you, are you saying that that again? We've not had this conversation before. Anyone else? Um, this is no. the first time we're talking about it. Um, you're talking about um, chance towards Salah and Kanate. Were they yeah. of a politically correct kind, or were they more um, racially motivated? They're, they're all more racially motivated. I'll be honest with you. So when um, Salah scored. Um, Obviously, I I had to like put a fucking act on. I literally put my head in my hands and was like, "Oh, ah, fuck, sake, man, ah, Salah." But the worst thing is, it was a banger as well, and I I could see exactly like from behind Mendy, like literally the way he tucked it away, and I was like, "Oh, fuck!" But then I I looked up, and there was like this one Chelsea fan, and he turned around and he was looking back at the stand for anyone that was celebrating this kid must have been about 23 24 and he was just literally looking out for anyone that celebrated and then obviously uh, you know we know about the away liverpool fans that end was bouncing and these fans were going crazy and then i just heard one chant and i actually called him out on it he said yeah I, you brown whatever whatever go back to africa and i was just like what the hell I'd literally, I literally had to turn around to, to the guy on my right. I said, look, I mean, I don't, I really don't think you should be saying stuff like that. And he said, oh, no, no, no. I meant he should be off back to the African Cup of Nations. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great save, mate. Great save. Um, But then even like, I, I don't know, that just came out of me. I just turned around and just said that. But then you can just tell you're just getting these like looks from the guys. Like, yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it was hostile. Um. I'll definitely think twice about sitting there again, I'll be honest with you. And then towards Konate, um, I think it was in the second half. Obviously, um, he went down injured, I think with like a head injury. And yeah, you guys can put two and two together. There was just a lot of like subtle racial slurs that that, that were that were being directed towards him. Um, it wasn't from anyone around me, but it was like a bit lower towards the lower yeah, end. Yeah. They were literally just, just going crazy. And yeah, just, just saying a few bad stuff. I mean, sadly, the thing is, none of us are surprised, and the listeners that are going to be listening won't be surprised either. Yeah, they're not surprised. And yeah. Again, nothing will ever get done about it, and we'll just accept it, and mm-hmm. nothing will change. Yeah, it's just just one of those things. But um, no, it was looking good. I was I was like I had this smug look on my face at two 0 but yeah, I'm 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 sure we'll get into how the goals are scored on the Liverpool end, and and especially the the defensive frailties we had when when conceding them. I thought we were watertight, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
Don't give me that. <laughs> uh, yeah, at, at times we've been watertight this season, but at times oh, we just had up, complete man. lapses in concentration. How was the how was the how was the pace of the game, by the way? Because it, it looked wild on the TV. I can only imagine how wild it looked in the stadium as well. It was electric. It was literally pff, electric. Like it was like there was literally just no time to sit on the ball, relax. Um, bit ironic here, but kind of needed a player like Thiago on the pitch to, to sort of control the tempo because it was literally, the ball was just being pinged around left, right and centre. There was chances, you know, um, if I think back to uh, when Trent gave the ball away, I think it was to Mount or Pulisic and he tried to round Kelleher and like that just for me happened in, in the space of like half a second. It was just just so quick. Um, but you can tell that the players were really feeding off the energy from the crowd. Like, yeah, it, 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 it was a good atmosphere. So, yeah. no, that's good stuff. Um, it's, it's got to be said, like, game management for us was just absolutely insane. Um, I think it's obviously reflected most in, in, in the second goal more than anything. I mean, you know, those periods when we need a solid 15, we were going so gung-ho. Um, Fahi, I'll come to you on this one. How come we're going so wild when there's so many instances where we just need to be calm? Uh, bruv, I don't... For the life of me, I don't understand. I think... Um... I, I think it depends on the personnel in midfield. And I know it's a boring conversation and I'm sure we're going to go get into it, but it depends on the personnel in midfield. If you have someone that can calm the game down, then yeah, you, you can you can do it. But in that scenario, in that situation with the 11 that we had, we didn't have anyone that could calm the game down. We didn't have anyone on the pitch that could retain possession and link up play. It was just hot potato, man. It was a disgrace. Yeah, it was absolutely wild. I mean, I actually thought we did a, a, a decent job kind of before Chelsea, before Kovacic scores that goal. I've been fairly decent um, with the ball and just kind of like reducing them from having chances. So it's just, you could tell how big the momentum was in that game. Um, and I'll come to you. Right? A lot of people wanted that kind of 17-18 style of football back um, and they've got it and it's absolutely horrendous to watch. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man. It's not good, man. It's 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 not good for my stress levels. It's not good, you know, for my hair loss. It's it it's not good for my betting either because it's just like going all sorts. I don't, we just don't know what's going to happen with this with this Liverpool side. Um, I think I I just want to come back to your previous point though, Chris. I feel as though the game management, especially at the start, I thought it was quite good. I thought it was it was yeah it was it, it, it was, that, it, it that, was that, it was held that, to scale. That period after we scored the second I, goal. I think we got 10 minutes, but we're actually fairly decent. Exactly. And I thought, honestly, I was like, yes, what a great game to come and see. It's going to literally be another 5-0. I was so confident at 2-0 that we, that we were going to go on and win, similar to what happened against United, especially the way we took our chances. Like, there's chances they came to us. Mane rounds the keeper scores. Chance falls to Salah. Bang. 2-0. And I thought, OK, yeah, we could actually kick on here. But similar to what happened at Spurs... When we went 2-1 up, we just have a mad five minutes and Son scored, Robbo gets sent off and all of a sudden, in the space of five minutes, the game changes. And as as much as we were, we had such good game management at the start of the first half, towards the end of the second half, we didn't have it at all. Let's be honest, Kovacic, Kovacic, yeah. I'm calling Kovacic, Kovacic scores a worldie and then you just, you know, you're just looking at the, at, at the time, just say, just, 
come on guys, let's just see it out till halftime. Let's just steady the ship here. It's, it's happened already in, in, in the past couple of weeks, especially that, that lapse against Tottenham. And then look, it's 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 happened here again. So it was it, lie, it, it, I'll be honest with you, Chris, it was frustrating. It it may be frustrating, I'm not gonna lie to you though, but some of our fans wanted this kind of football. This yeah, is they what, did. Yeah. They were crying out for it. They were crying out for yeah, they were crying out for it. we were winning titles. When we won the Champions League, when we won the Premier League, they were like, oh, it's all good being successful, but I'm kind of bored by our football. So this is what they wanted and this is what they're getting. Yeah. So rest in piss, really and truly. It, it reminds me of that meme I always see where it goes, well, well, if it isn't the consequences of my own actions. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. And weirdly enough, I kind of think the past three games especially, we could have done with that more controlled, risk-adverse style of football where the midfield isn't as aggressive. They're just sitting back, taking up all the space, cutting off all the passing lanes and letting the fullbacks do all the work. We just need to kind of revert back that 1920 style of play. And then there's a question, controversial question to ask, and you know, I'm going to save it till then. But the one thing, the game management point as well, and it's it's been a running theme throughout the season. Fahey, I'll come back, come back to you. We've had poor game management against Brighton. We've had poor game management against Spurs. Mm. Um, there's probably count, probably countless other examples. I think we could, we could pull out the hat. We'd be so many points better off with this game management, but we're still persisting with this aggressive pace and style that we're so accustomed to. But she's not paying off the dividends. Isn't it upon the players themselves to kind of make that instructive decision? And I'll, I'll look at kind of the Van Dyke's and Henderson's, who are the leaders on the pitch, to just bring the line back five yards or not be as aggressive in getting Trent into some attacking positions. Do they just need to kind of have that wherewithal to be a bit more switched on? Yeah, no, you're right. I think, yeah, obviously you you follow instructions by the coach and whoever's there, Pep, Klopp, whoever, but I think... It might be us, you... fucking Sunday. Yeah, I mean, true, <laughs> it might be us on Sunday. Um <laughs> But but when you're then when you're then actually on the pitch and you you can feel the fact that you guys are literally fucking around, you're not retaining possession, you're losing the ball every three chances you you kind of pass it around. It's like all right, we need to change something, we need to calm down, and that's where you look at your Van Dykes, that's where you look at your Hendersons, your Milners, to kind of tell everyone to relax, and it just wasn't there. And I think previously what we've seen in other seasons is. You know, when, when the boys have their heads down or they're a bit rattled, one of the leaders come out and they're like, yeah, guys, come on, calm down. They'll, they'll give like a pep talk to a few players or whatever. This season, I'm not seeing it. Just like the other day when I was criticising Milner for um, Tyler Morton's performance against Spurs, um, again, in the Chelsea game, when shit was going south, I wasn't seeing any leadership. There was nothing there. And... Um, yeah, you're back to your question. You're right. I think sometimes the players do kind of need to look at themselves and kind of take a bit more ownership because yeah, it's all good listening to your coach, but when you can actually see on the pitch what's going on, and and you guys need to regroup, you need to do something about it, and they're not doing it. I I, I just want to follow that up by saying like it, it was quite clear to see that we needed someone in the middle to control the ball, and obviously Fab didn't have the best game, but. I think Hendo and Milner, I don't think they have that ability in them to hold onto the ball, control the play, control the play, and obviously dictate the tempo. I just I just have this vision of them picking up the ball and all of a sudden when they get the ball, just try and release it as quick as possible. And I think in a game like Sunday, it really didn't help and it just kept putting us on the back foot. 
we're a team, especially in the past, well, since since 1819, that relies on controlling the ball, dominating the ball, dominating proceedings, controlling that tempo with the fullbacks. And we just weren't able to do that. And I personally think on Sunday that came from, from the middle of the park. They're making these games too chaotic than they need to be. I mean, obviously, exactly. I get there's instances where it pays off. You look at Arsenal. They make that a little bit chaotic in terms of the pressing and it pays off with the goals. But there's just certain situations where you need, they need to realise that, okay, cool, put the foot on the ball, take the sting out of the game, five minutes, then we can kind of do whatever we want because at least then we've got some form of semblance back in the game. And it is it is really annoying to see, just really kind of grind your gears. Um, you know what, kind of, sorry, before you, you go on to no, no, go for it. What, what you're saying about... Um, what we did at Arsenal, there's a difference there. With Arsenal, we were we were basically being chaotic because they were sitting back and they were doing quite well. And we had to break them apart. With Chelsea, we didn't have to break them apart. Chelsea were bopping us off the pitch. So I don't really understand what we were why we were trying to go toe-to-toe with them. Because there's no way in hell a midfield of Henderson, Milner, and Fabinho are going to go against Kovacic and Kante and kind of gazump them. It's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And and it, we've seen that before and it's happened again. And I think in in a situation like that where the opposition has more possession because they're at home, because they're a good team, why the hell are you deciding to play volleyball around the middle of the pitch? It makes no sense. Yeah, it seemed like everything was off as well. First touches, balls were just bouncing everywhere. And it didn't help when, you know, you look at Jota. Uh, I've got a whole point on him later on, but you look at Jota. Nothing was sticking to his feet and everything was just bouncing off. And you're thinking, for fuck's sake, even when you're actually kind of progressing it through the midfield and you're getting it to the front, that just nothing's working. So it kind of comes to that semblance of, you know, I, I always say it a lot, you make your own look. Um, and, you know, we do see the team making their own look. I think Salah's goal is very much making his own look um, in the position and, and, and whatnot. But Jesus Christ, they aren't half shooting themselves in the foot in a lot of these games. And I think it ties back into the game management stuff as well. Um, you know, they get the goal against Spurs, it's 2-1. And then Allison gambles, it's 2-2. And you see it again in this game as well. They're just not creating their own look great enough. And it feels, in a lot of instances, they've been a lot very well hard done by. And I thought they kind of shook that mentality a while ago. And it, it feeds back into what me, you and Gide say, Fahi. The choir boys, and they're just a bit too nice and they don't need to be that way. Yeah, facts. Uh, bro, like... Oh, listen, th- these guys have done a lot, right? And yeah, you can look at it and be like, oh, really? Um, this Liverpool team only won one Premier League. One Yo, my club was in the shitter. So the fact they even won a Premier League in the Champions League, <laughs> that, that to me is enough. Yeah, the fact they did it is amazing. But it, it's got to a point where I just feel as if for us to get that Champions League and Premier League, Klopp had to extract pause so much out of them and had to motivate them so much. And they every every success we had was based off a, a proper negative situation. So the Champions League win was based off last season's heartbreak with Carriers fucking around. The Premier League win was based off losing the Premier League with one point with one point. Do you get what I mean? So there's there's all these little things. Even last season, us getting top four that was like a miraculous situation purely based off the fucking hurt that we had between December, January and Feb. People passing away, just the fucking shocking, shocking performances, all of our defenders being unfit. Do you get what I mean? There's always something to motivate us to get us through the end. This there's season, always a why. Yeah. There's always a why, yeah. This season, there's nothing. And this is why I'm like, 
you and me had a little spat earlier on in the week or before the Chelsea game where I was like, yeah. I don't believe in these guys. It's not going to motivate them because I don't see what's, I don't see what Graham Sines talking about them is going to do to them. They, they don't give a shit. Like that's not what's going to motivate them. What motivates them is when they're like completely screwed over on a pitch or when there's a big situation in the game and, and, you know, they get egg on their face or something. That's what, what motivates them. Comments and common sense and just bad performances doesn't motivate them to do better, sadly. It's always based off an actual hurt of something. So, like, when I saw the Spurs... Um, when I saw the West Ham defeat, I kind of conceded. When I, saw the, when I saw the Spurs draw, I was like, yo, these guys really are not serious. Um, and, yeah, I, 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 just, I just don't see how we can call these guys the same mentality monsters that we used to say two seasons ago. They've just not got it anymore. And this, this is what I mean about the rebuild and that's a complete separate situation, but they're not in that zone anymore. That was two seasons ago and that's absolutely fine, but we need to be realistic and understand they cannot have that same mentality every single season. They've got nothing to drive them right now. So I I just want to add on to that as well. Like I I fully understand where you're coming from there, Fahi, but, it's also worthwhile addressing, though, that the mentality that we do have as a team is good enough. And if we were put, well, it's good enough in any other season apart from City. The elephant in the room right here is City. Yeah. yeah. City yeah. are operating at a top, top, top level. If this team, I'm so, so sure of it, if this team was in any other Premier League era, we would have had one Premier League. Uh, we would have more than one Premier League. Sure. Yeah, 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 that's fair. I think I think it's just purely the fact that you know you have City there and you have to be near perfect in seasons now in order to win anything. So the fact that you know our mentality may drop off a little bit, it has to literally be motivated one hundred percent in order to win a league title in this day and age, which is why we're probably you know the second second best team at the moment, but we're still far and away off City. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's it's just a tough situation that we're in. Well, we're technically the third best team. I know some some listeners gonna yeah. be like, "Oh, you're actually third. Yeah. So we're technically oh, third. Oh, gaming hands. Yeah. yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, and yeah, that's that's a complete fair point. I'm only discussing based off the situation we're in, based exactly. off the opportunity that we have, and obviously with Man City being the fucking behemoth that they are, you know, we we're just not up to their standards. And you just gotta be honest. Like it's, it's there's nothing wrong with like saying that you're not as good as Man City. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it might sound stupid though. But I want I want to still remember though that this side is of a Premier League winning quality. I still think that this side in any other era would win Premier Leagues. The fact got, is, is we got City now to contend with. It's got. Uh, I say this current crop. It's got elements of a title winning side. Yeah, but it's not got the complete. Pause. It's got not got the complete package. <laughs> and on that note, and on that note, we'll talk more about the game after these commercial messages. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, and we're back. Um, 
I think we've been a bit far too nice, in all honesty. I think it's time to hand out some floggings. Um, as the agenda loads. Um, another mismatch midfield. I did have a bit of sympathy for Millie. Uh, I actually thought he does he does he does okay considering everyone's like everyone was going, Oh fuck this guy, why is he starting? I can't believe this. And then he actually plays quite well. Surprise, surprise. The other two clowns that are playing alongside him were just diabolical. Um fine, I'll I'll come to you first. What the fuck were they playing at? Listen, look, the, Milner, I'm always gonna give a pass. The guy is 36 years old, he is not asking to be started. Yeah, the fact that he's starting says a lot about Ox and Kater. That end of the fact that he is having to start these games says a lot about Ox and Kater. I'm not going to flog him for the first 30 minutes. He was doing Fabinho's job. Fabinho was playing Kabaddi in the middle of the pitch. Henderson <laughs> was playing volleyball. Milner was the only one actually doing anything. And then after 30 minutes, he lost the plot as well. But honestly, those three were playing a completely different sport. They were not playing football. I don't know who you begin with. I, but I have to go with Henderson. Like, yeah, start with the captain because fucking hell. I, that, I need to kick it off with the mentioning that, that that very nasty, nasty fan cam that someone made of just him playing Aussie rules in the middle of the pitch. It was, and, and you know what it is, yeah. You know, usually with those like those montages and those little clips, it's usually full of agenda and and they're picking out the worst bits. But bro, those were his highlights. That, that was the game. Really, that was his. That, that's, that's actually what he did. He, yeah. Every time the ball came near him, he fucking lashed it somewhere. He never wanted to hold on to it. He just wanted to fucking move it forward to the right, to the left, anywhere but to an actual player. Like the guy was, the guy was an absolute disgrace. An absolute disgrace. It was legit. One of the worst performances I have seen from that bloke since Croatia when England played them like three years ago. It was that bad. I cannot believe he could do that with Trent on the right and Salah on the right, and he still managed to fuck it up. I, I don't understand how you can have so many world-class players playing right next to you and you cannot keep possession. I don't get it. It also needs to be said that we're, we're, we're very much, we're quite a fair pod. We don't particularly have agendas against players. We have obviously players we think could do better and contribute more. We're not like other pods or personalities to have agendas against players, but fuck me, that was an abysmal performance. Um, it was. His, his passing completion was 69%. It fucking horrific. Absolutely horrific. He is our club captain, yeah? He's our club captain. He's supposed to be supposedly one of our best midfielders. And yes, in the past, he has done that. He has been great. But fucking hell... The past few weeks, it has been so difficult to defend that bloke. And honestly, Chelsea topped it off. I can't, I, 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 that's what I started dishing it out. I was like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. I can't keep coming up with excuses of, and you know, he's playing a new position in the right CM. He's kind of got different things to kind of focus on. It's more about supporting the attack with Salah and Trent, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Yet we keep on conceding on his side. He can't keep possession. He can't calm down the game. Like, what is he doing right now? I, I don't understand. So do you think, and, and Anik, I'll come to you on this bit, do you think it's because he's just been flogged into the ground the past couple of weeks? You know what? As as a captain, I thought this sort of stuff wouldn't get to him because he, he's, he's had it before. I know he's, you know, he does get flogged. A lot of people always say he ain't got tech and 
he ain't got this, that and the other. And I remember quite vividly when it was against Southampton he, you know, a couple of years ago, he had that advanced role and then he played against Chelsea and he, and he, and he assisted Mane and everyone was like, oh, you know, he's adapted to this role really well, especially after coming under a bit of criticism. I don't know. Something for me tells me that it is kind of getting to him now. Um, and I gave you that example because it showed that he could bounce back from it. But I don't know. I just feel right now, yeah, it seems like it is getting to him. Um, I don't know. Does, does he need time out from the team? If he needs time out from the team? No, who, who, who no, 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 no. He he has to keep on playing till he sorts himself out, mate. Exactly. Like, th- there's no luxury here anymore. That's, <laughs> no you don't have anyone that's the most uh, Asian bro, response, don't by don't the way. don't have the personnel. <laughs> So it's the most Asian said. response. Bancho, you'll continue to play. Okay. You're fucking playing. You have to keep on playing till you fix yourself up. 69% in the middle of the pitch as our club captain, as one of the most experienced men on the pitch. What the fuck are you doing? I what I watched it back. I, you know what? I, I I'm a sucker for pain, yeah. I'm a sicko. I like I like this shit. So I was like, you know what? Let me watch the highlights back. And he was fucking terrible, man. He was, he was so bad. He was. He, he he got the ball and he was, you know, just knocking it forward. He had no control to anything that he was doing. Fam. He was shouting a lot. me of Luis Garcia. This is what Luis Garcia used to do. This is exactly what Luis Garcia did. But the difference with Luis Garcia, he was a left attacking mid. So that's a bit more acceptable because you he's told to make things happen. This guy's playing right centre mid and he's fucking around. Fucking hell. And then if you want to get onto Fabinho, because we may as well get onto him as well, it took him 30 minutes to wake up. He was, was all over the place. So that so, was so, on par with his debut in terms of Paul performance from Fabinho. That it's guy very, was it's... eating grass. Kovacic made him eat grass like a cow. He was it... so bad. I can, and everyone's like, I fucking tweeted it, and everyone's like, hey, well, what do you expect when Henderson and Milner are next to him? Fuck off, man. You have to own your own position. It's not just about yeah. who you're playing next to. Fucking Salah plays next to Dross sometimes. He still makes it work. Like, I've seen him a couple of times. I've seen him a couple of times pick it up from the keeper, and he just didn't look that confident coming he out with so the ball. so sloppy, man. He so, was, so sloppy. He didn't look he confident. Like, can't, like, it, it was fucking. Was like, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there was one one instance where, like, like Kante's a good player, yeah, but he just whistled past him, and I was like, "Fab, no one does that to you. Your long legs. What do they call? It? I think they call him the octopus or something. Like, he doesn't let anything go past him." And I was just like, "Ah, oh. that's when I realized, oh shit, Fab, man, you you ain't having a good game at all." But he had COVID, right? I'm not saying that's an excuse. Yeah, but he yeah, did have he did. COVID, right? He did. Okay, he did. I'm not saying it's an excuse, but yeah, Henderson had a mysterious illness explain. that wasn't COVID, but had all the COVID symptoms. So we might as well just say yeah, COVID because fuck it. Oh, um, my <laughs> God, honestly, man. But uh, listen, with Milner, I can accept he's he's 36 years old. He is not asking to start. <laughs> like this is not on him. This is on our club and our coaches for not playing Ox and Cater. And that's also on them for not being able to start ahead of a 36 year old. Milner yeah. is not where the argument lies. It's with the fucking rest of them. They're fucking shit. I've just seen a tweet that said Chuttier, Chuttier, Chuttier performance, and that has set me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, fucking hell. Um, yeah, 
we need to talk about that because we're going to do a pod in the next few weeks called Stick or Twist, where we're going to talk about a lot of the fringe players and whether they you know, need to bounce. If Kaita and Ox aren't starting over Hendo, who's basically playing on jelly legs, and Milner, who is 9 million years old, what are we doing here? Why are they here? Why they, Just fuck off. Like, why are you here? You don't need to be here. Honestly, I'm so done with Ox and Kaita. What is the fucking point? If he cannot, he cannot start ahead of but, Milner. But, 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 but the thing is, people can't quit them. People have bets down oh, where they're going to get a combined 10 goal. Because Kater came on against the Leicester B team in the Carabao Cup and he balled out for 45 minutes. So now, now Kater's fucking amazing. Fuck off, man. Honestly, Bro, clearly, they're, clearly they're not doing enough. Clearly in training or whatever, they're not doing enough. Yeah. I, I knew when Cater came on against Leicester, he wasn't going to do anything. I, he's, he's he's all well and good, as you said, coming on in in a Carabao Cup game and, and changing it. But that's like against that's in a Carabao Cup, bro. Like I've not seen you do it in 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 the Premier League, not often enough. And for that price tag, how many seasons have you been here? You you got to step up and show us that, that that you're about it. And on Ox, I remember I even put in the group chat like, name me his genuine memorable games, and they'll just give you that that segment towards the between April and March of, of 2018, there's a couple of good games there. And then, and then maybe, you know, one or two in 1920, but also for his price tag, he's not done enough. And if you are really that good, you should be in ahead of Milner. I'm sorry. You, both of you should be in ahead of Milner because it's not Milner's fault, as you said, Fahi, that he's playing. He's a 36 year old guy. Like what more are we expecting? You know what the funny thing is? I think even with the eye injury now, I've got a weird feeling that Jones is going to probably be above Ox. That's fine. Normally, I'd rather have a good. one-eyed Jones than fucking Ox on the pitch, man. I'm sorry. That's the part <laughs> right there. <laughs> one-eyed Jones. I fucking <laughs> hell. It made me sick. This is, what, this is what it's come down to, by the way. A one-eyed Jones. I beg you just let Ox go. He's done. His duty has been served. He he has done his time here. He's he's won some stuff. He's got the pictures. We we can gloat about it a little bit and be like, oh, he won stuff here that he couldn't at other clubs. Go now. Let me run a hypothetical. He can go, he can go Newcastle, innit? Get him off to Newcastle. Would you do a hypothetical swap deal with Dharma Traore for Ox? I'll take him. Fuck it. I will take Adama Traore. Because at least like, with Adama Traore, I know he'll reach the end of the pitch. At least like, all right, his, his fucking, his, his actual pass completion and his crosses are hit and miss depending on what version you're getting. But he's he's got purpose. His purpose is just running straight. <laughs> running straight <laughs> with the ball. And then you just hope. And it's a 50-50 chance he's going to get the ball into the box. I'd rather take that than Ox and Kater, I swear to you. Ali? Yeah, yeah, I'll take him. I mean, he might miss a lot, lot of chances, which will piss me off, but um, this, I'll take I'll take, I'll take, Adama anyway. This is my anyway. thing with Adama Traore, whenever I watch him, and I've been to a lot of Wolves games in the past few years. If someone just told him not to blam the ball as hard as possible when he's like, <laughs> running, he'd be such a better player. It's just the, the most basic thing he just needs to do. And it, oh. And the thing yeah. is, look, yesterday he came on against United, ripped them apart, and he assisted. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I'll take it, man. But, but um, yeah, no, but I, I mean, Chris, on that point, like, if look, if yeah. they are on the fringes and you and you gave me a choice, would I sell them? Of course, I would sell them. But as long as we get a competent replacement, like actually go and buy someone that's 
almost there already made for, for, for a role in our team. I don't want it to be supplemented by some player coming back from loan or some young guy that we're going to buy in and try and yeah. bed into the system. No, like if we're going to sell them, especially when you consider the amount we paid for them, probably what, 80, 90 in total for them? Okay. Mm. I, want, I, want, I want a now. ready-made player. So I don't know. I reckon... We'll probably get... Probably I reckon you'll probably get 20 million, 20 million for each. Yeah. 40? Because yeah, the, 40 million they're million. entering like what? Last 18 for months their deal? Yep. So. Bruv, I'll, fam, there's so many players in the league I'll take over those two right now. And Nab, with Nabby, it's not that... With Nabby, I've, it's, it's never about his ability. It's clear as day he's a talented like player. It's, it's, he's very good with the ball. The problem with him is availability. That is my issue with him. It's availability. And also, when he comes on as an impact sub, he doesn't impact anything. And it's yeah. like, if, if that's what your coach thinks you are and you're just not doing anything, what is the point of you being here? Klopp clearly doesn't trust him. He just doesn't trust him. So for that reason, he may as well just go. Why are we holding on to him? Next season. That's what we're here. Next I've season, been hearing that for the past three seasons, man. <laughs> I swear it's been more. Fuck <laughs> no. It might be time for go to go for old uh, for old Nabby. A- awful goals in this game, absolutely insane. By the way, when you truly deep them, the, the yep. Ch- Chalabert is. I don't know why he's trying to head that. It bounces like twice before it like it meets him. That's insane. The, obviously, the Salah goal is just he's just breathtaking, phenomenal. He does so much. Kovacic will never score a goal like that in his entire life. Amazing um, goal, amazing, unreal. The way he scored that man, fucking hell. It's an unbelievable. It's an unbelievable strike. Um, and the Pulisic goal is the most frustrating thing about the game, and it really kind of personifies what this Liverpool team is this season. We'll do all the hard work to get ourselves in a winning position, and we'll throw it away because we just can't do the basic things properly. In the it also season. personifies the right side of the pitch, and it also shows the fucking drop that we've seen in Van Dijk. With Van Dijk, I can excuse it because he's coming back from an injury. It takes a long time for you to get to your optimum. That's absolutely fine. With the right side of the pitch, the same kind of goal keeps on being conceded. Something needs to be looked at. Yeah, it's that transitional goal. It happened against Atletico Madrid, happened against Brighton, and it just keeps consistently happening. And it's so annoying. It's ve- even Leicester. It's yeah, very, Leicester as well. It's very annoying. And it's the same people involved and nothing changes. And I don't understand how we can look at our... Because these guys will go to training the next day. Obviously, they haven't today because of the COVID stuff that's going on, but they'll go and train in the next day and they'll kind of re rehash and look at what happened the previous game. When we keep on conceding the same kind of goal, why is nothing actually changing? Like, I, I don't... I, and again, this is more this is more of a criticism on the coaching because that's not even on the players now because clearly Klopp, Linders, all of those guys, they're all seeing this shit and they're doing nothing about it. I'm seeing the same goal being conceded every single week. No, no, it's true. It's it's it's, it's that it's that channel between the right back and the right centre back, and you know, you you said it now, and Peter also made the point earlier in the chat. Like, I'm getting fed up with this now. Every time, you know where you know where the danger is going to come from. Like, address it, sort it out. Because when you're two 0 up, you should be seeing that game out. We should have been walking out with a win. Should be we should be discussing a win right now. 
and that's not necessarily yeah. anything about it as well. Um, for Kelleher did really well. Um, he's one of the one positives that you can actually take from the game. Obviously, he does concede too, but I think overall his performance is absolutely he's brilliant. I don't think he does that well against Leicester um, in, in the cup, but you know, you look at him in, in this game, he does he does really well, and he gives you a little bit of optimism. That you've got a, a decent number two there. Um, one guy who had an absolutely just it, it, absolutely insane game of football. Um, so just 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 for listener kind of um, just, just for listeners, I was felt I was violently ill on Sunday. Like I was just I thought I was going to die. Like I thought I had COVID. Turns out I don't have COVID. I was just so ill. And then I watched what Diogo Jota did on the football pitch on Sunday, and it made me even more ill. My head was on fire. I felt like I felt like Ghost Rider. My skull was just absolutely on fire. And then to even make things worse, Ox comes on and then just he goes, oh you know what? Oh my god. No, <laughs> no, can, can I quickly before you get onto Jota? Go for it. Oh my god, what have I done to deserve Ox up front in 2022 in a Premier League game against Chelsea? I swear to God, like, if, if this is four days on... What, Sunday was the second day of the year? What the hell have we done to deserve Oxlade-Chamberlain up front as our centre-forward against Chelsea in such a big game? What the fuck? Like, fuck, you know, I know... Oh, my God, man. I, I still can't believe that happened. And it's going to happen they were, again. When they were on looking to counter and the ball lands at his feet... Bruv! touch... Was that We're heaviest thing? We're three on two. <laughs> yeah, really heavy. I remember that one. <laughs> I'm and getting, the way I'm Salah hot thinking about it, it's just oh my god. Yo, the way Salah looked at him like you piece of shit. He's like, like, like you better not be, you better not be here when I get back from Cameroon. Or I swear <laughs> down. <laughs> you, you better be on loan at Newcastle, man. Enough <laughs> is enough. Let's go. Fucking hell. Um. I love what Diogo has done this season. Um, the one thing I don't like is his passing. It just needs to be improved. Oh. Peter, Peter, uh, Anik, you were at the, at the game. Um, what were you thinking as you were sitting there, surrounded by racist Chelsea fans, as everything is pinging off Diogo Jota, and you're there thinking, what is going on? What was running through your mind watching this performance? <sighs> I was so frustrated. I'm like, because it's just such a helter skelter game, especially in the first half. It's just like, all we need is that final ball. Like, yeah, I remember going back to the Leicester game. It's just the final ball that that was required. And Jota, he's got credit in the bank. I love him. Yeah, great player, great finisher. He's got that about him. But just sometimes in these games, when you need that control, you need the ball to come to your feet and just have it stick, caress the ball, flick it on. You know, Firmino esque at times. Just, just do that and. You know, it could work out for us, but it just just wasn't happening. And it was very, very frustrating. Um, it's definitely an area of his game that um, he needs to improve on. But, yeah, I still got a lot of time for him. I, 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 I still love the way that he gets in there and he gets those goals. It's just these slight elements of his game that, that he just has to improve on, especially away at Chelsea. You've got to be doing better there. I completely agree. And this is where I kind of think that, it's kind of, I've been saying it throughout the throughout the season, really. That tag team where it could be him and Firmino kind of rotating up front. Maybe Jota goes on the left in certain periods too. I mean, that's going to be so key to kind of helping his development as well. Just seeing how those exactly. actions on the pitch are, kind of that ball retention, 
uh, and those kind of short layoffs is going to be so beneficial to him. But yeah, just just Sunday, it was just oh, oh my god. Also, what what made me laugh as well is um, when my dad when dad kept asking where's Divock, like had an older brother <laughs> called Divock. So <laughs> like, where's Divock? Dinner's ready. Where is yeah, he? this is this is also what I've been thinking. Is he? Does anyone actually know what his injury is? Where or... is he? What what is wrong with him? Uh, he, he he could be probably going Newcastle, man. You never know. And honestly, I feel as if the club have just decided, oh, you know what, Nat Phillips and Origi, we're going to just pretend they've got injuries and keep them safe and try and flog them in January. And I feel as if that's what's going on. Phillips, I 100% agree. It would be absolute insanity to sell Divock now. Yeah, but you say you say that, Chris, but our club is fucking full of idiots. They're, they're full of idiots. They don't plan properly. And I, I can definitely see Origi being sold. I'm, I'm looking. Apparently... Uh... He says he's injured. There's nothing to say. What it is. Exactly. Like, no one knows what's wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's off. Man, he, he got no. He, he listen. He scored. He scored um, after the Wolves game. He scored the next Wolves game. game. He scored in Champions League, right? And then he did get yeah, an, against Milan. Yeah, he got some type of injury. I'd, yeah, he did get some type of injury against AC Milan, but that was like a month ago, and no one speaks about him at all. It's like it's as if he's not in the club anymore. Yeah, it, it could be yeah, off. it's it's really weird. I'm just trying to look at injury history on transfer market. See if anything pops up on there. Muscular problems, twenty days. Rav, fucking hell. Yeah, no, no one knows. No one knows. All all I'm seeing is that he's been linked to a move to Juventus. That's all I'm seeing. So, which makes no sense. But well, it makes no sense for us to for him. Yeah, it, it makes no sense, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on. If you have seen Divakarigi, by the way, please call the Divakarigi hotline uh, and uh, please report where you might have seen him because we are getting slightly worried now. Um, we're going to confront a little bit of an awkward truth, and I think it might be a little bit difficult to say, but the conversation needs to be had. But we're going to do it after these commercial messages. Okay, and we're back. Um, yeah, it's time for us to bit confront a little bit of an awkward truth. Are we simply not as good as we were when we won the title? And because simply the, the, the current team we've got now, the title winning team just look, look miles apart, really. What are you guys for? Because we'll talk about the lack of future planning a little bit later on, but we're looking at the cracks in this team. And I think over other teams are exploiting them a lot more than they would have in the past. What are you guys thoughts on whether we're better this season? Are we still a title winning team? No. Anik? Yeah. Simple as it would. No, and, and it's hard to say, and I know I said it earlier, like, look, this team is good enough. Like, in any other era, I'm so confident that this team would have won leagues. But if we're going to compare the best of this best Liverpool side, it's got to be that that 2019 calendar year. You know, we were going first half of that year. We we're going toe to toe for the league, and we were battling in the Champions League. And the Champions League weren't even straightforward games. You know, we had tough opposition to come up against in the league. We were putting together win after win after win. We had the mentality to grind out results. And then, as you said, Farhi, whenever there comes that, not the negative, but you know, you get that. 
you, you get that kick in the teeth and, and we got that by missing out on the league by one point. That spurred us on for the second half of 2019. And we won, what was it, like 13 games in a row or something? I don't think any other team has done that from the start of the season. So that, for me, is the best of, this, of the best Liverpool side. And in order to get there and topple City, we literally had to perform like one of the greatest ever sides that has been put together. And I will say that. And I'll say that on record. Like, I don't think I'll ever see a Liverpool side like this. And to compare this side to that, you know, it's not chalk and cheese, but it is it is some way off. Fair enough. We have the same manager. We have the same, you know, we, we, we have a majority of the players. But personally, Chris, I feel as though we've peaked and I feel as though we peaked back then. I'm not going to say we're going outside. I still think we're, we're a good enough team. But if you want to win now, you, you have to be operating at 100%. And that 100% for me was was what we saw in 2019. And just unfortunately, we're, we're not there. And it, it will probably take a lot for us to get back there. So, yeah. Fine. On, on the slow decline. Um. There's never been a doubt in my eyes about our, our like main 11. The main 11 is good enough to go toe-to-toe with anyone. That's absolutely fine. But when you're for the Premier League, you need more than just 11. 1920, we caught life. That's fine. Because we just had so much kind of driving us. We made it work. But you can't keep on relying on 11 players to win you a league title. There needs to be more. The, the, the squad depth does actually have to come into it. And um, we just don't have it, sadly. So, main 11, if if football was just about 11 players on the pitch every single week and these guys don't get injured, then yeah, we have got the team to win a league title. If you're talking about squads, sadly we don't. And that's why I'm not surprised by what's happening. Like I said, we're going to finish second or third, most probably third. It's just our squad isn't good enough and it's because of the summer. But again, we don't want to talk because we keep on saying the same old thing and we go A and B and we start battling about this shit. But yeah, we just don't have the squad to win the Premier League. This is a cup competition team. We are way more likely to win the Champions League this season. And I'm a lot more confident in us doing well in the Champions League than we are going to do in the Premier League. Like I'm, I'm certain we're going to do well in the Champions League because this team... It's got enough in it for seven more matches in the Champions League. That's that's all you got in the Champions League to get to the final. Six or seven games and then you're there. We can do that. Premier League's a different, different kettle of fish. You you need a lot more. And sadly, we just don't have it. What makes you say that and, we're and, a better cup? Sorry, team? sorry, Chris. You... And no, go, go, go. go I, I don't want to use the current situation as an excuse, but that is also where you might need the team as well. Because you can have games every two, three days, you know, as a result of postponements, as a result of COVID, as a result of, you know, injuries that you have. And we just don't have that squad. And and this year and last year, we saw that. We saw games, you know, every two, three days. I think Man United had like, what, six games in three days last year. And, you know, they, they kind of had the squad to deal with it. I don't think we would. And in the Premier League, you need to be, you need to be perfect, A star level, if you want to win it. No, I think it's 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 an inconvenient truth to a sense that we're just not that same team that we want that we once were. 
I mean, they're still good enough to, to get up, be up there and challenge. Whether they're still going to be there, you know, April, May, that's a completely different conversation itself. But I'm interested to see why you think we're better built for cup competitions right here as opposed to um, the long rigours of a season. Because of just the chaotic kind of football that we're seeming to play this season, um, it, it, that, that's ultimately it. And I think, again, when you're looking at Europe and you're looking at the Champions League, the pace that we play football at, in the Champions League means we seem to gazump the majority of teams because European football is a bit more of a slower pace, is a bit more methodical, whereas we just go gung-ho and we seem to just kind of obliterate people and that's why we won six games in, in the group stages. So so that kind of football suits cup competitions. But when it comes to the Premier League, you can't do that every week. It's not sustainable and that's what you're seeing. This That kind of shit football where you're just fucking launching balls like fucking Henderson did on, on, on Sunday, just launching it at Salah, hoping something sticks. It's not sustainable for 38 games. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's completely fair. So, I mean, can, can we all agree now to a certain point that the league is gone? Fam, I said it off the West Ham, man. It yeah. was gone then. And listen, there, there was a, I, I get it. We then won five in a row or whatever. And they're like, oh, shit, we're doing all right now. We're doing all right. But, bruv, these guys don't have it in them. It's just, and it's not always, it's not their fault. It's it's on the club. It's on Klopp. Like, we just didn't package up the club, the squad properly this season. It's just not enough for the league. So, yeah, I, I can see defeat. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I thought it would have been a, Real stretch for us to win the league anyway this year, um, especially on the back of what happened last year. You know, integrating Van Dyke back into the team, making sure he gets back to that level. Obviously, players are injury prone will continue to get injured, and then you know, also just just another year for these guys. So I, I didn't expect it at the start of the year. Yeah, I mean we, I mean we we we've had a good first half of the season. We could kick on and do well, but I I think the league's a stretch. I'll be honest with you, it's still a far stretch. I'm not kicking out until it's mathematically impossible. So, so Chris, you, you still believe, yeah? <laughs> well, I, I'll always have a faint bit of hope, but I mean, I'm also realistic in the fact that more than likely you just see the machine that is Manchester City. It doesn't seem to be letting up. Um, but it, it is still somewhat there. And, you know, until it is mathematically impossible, I'll still kind of have that thing in the back of my mind. Well, if I guess, well, you know, if X, Y, and Z happens, it might be that way. But that's just me being more optimistic than than um, that should be, to be fair. But and that's fine, way. by the way. It's absolutely yeah, no, fine. This, does, so this is the thing. I think there's this weird notion from other outlets that if you don't think we can win the title, you're not supporting the team. It's nonsense. And it's just, it's the most bizarre thing ever. I'm a fucking realist. I'm not stupid. Yeah. You, you have to be based in, in reality when we're discussing these things. Um, and I'll skip this COVID stuff because we were going to do a bit, of a bit of a little preview of the semi-final on, on Thursday against Arsenal. But, you know, kind of, as, we, as we mentioned earlier on the pod, that game is more than likely going to get cancelled. I probably assume Sunday will get cancelled as well because there's, I don't know if you guys know, They've kind of banned, I say banned, they've stopped doing all the testing for, for COVID in the EFL. Okay. Oh, wow. For the players. Oh, yes, I did read this last week. Yes, I did read that. And I can imagine 
Klopp. <laughs> I, I can imagine Klopp coming out of isolation, testing all the Shrewsbury players himself, and then just fucking off back home, which would be quite, um, <laughs> which would be, which would be quite funny. So I can see a lot of teams. I could see one specific team in Sky Blue throwing a massive fit about that because they've done such a massive job of keeping it out of their camp. This is going to be one of the massive things about the FA Cup, and I can see a lot of teams throwing a fit that, well, we've done everything we can to prevent ourselves from 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 COVID, from immunization to testing. We're not going to just you know allow this mixing of players where it's going to you know increase the risk of exposure. So, I can see that being a massive massive issue towards the end of the week. Um, Let's just skip straight through to the frustrations we've got about the squad death. And I've prepared nothing for this. No notes, no nothing. I thought I thought it'd be really good to kind of just have a like a quick and honest, frank conversation. Because it feels like we returned back to August 2022 when we're having arguments, not even daily, hourly, about what the fuck was going on. Um and you know. Klopp hasn't been back, the lack of investment, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just going to let you guys kind of have at it. I'll jump in with my opinion to mediate where it needs to be. So if I'm going to let you let you lead on that. I don't think there's anything to mediate, to be honest. I don't think Anik is as stupid as some other people. Um, I, I think Anik is probably going to be um, agreeing with what I say. And it's, it's, just, it's just factual. You, the fucking proof is in the pudding. There wasn't enough fucking back clock this summer and this is now what we're getting into we've got to the point where we're going to have to concede defeat in the league early in Jan or let's say latest early in Feb because we're just going to fucking fall apart we only have um, adequate depth in centre back so we've got four that's fine left back Shimikas is a great replacement for Robertson um, Jota and Roberto Firmino absolutely fine the midfield don't get me started because you've got bodies, but all of those bodies are always on the fucking floor. Like the only one that can actually stay fit is Fabinho, and even he has an injury record. So really and truly, centre back, left back, and centre forward is where we have depth. Right wing, we don't have anything. In terms of wide forwards, we don't have any actual depth. Um, right back, Trent has to basically play every single game, and our midfield is a fucking joke. It's, it's an absolute joke because you don't know who's going to start. We don't have anyone settled. We don't have a settled three. We know what the three would be, but Thiago can't stay fit. Henderson is fucking playing volleyball and Fabinho goes missing every so often as well. So it, I, I, I always say the main thing is sorting out the core of your team. Once you sort out the core like we did before, you had Alisson, Van Dyke, you had Fabinho, and then you had your forward line. That's it. It's done. The spine is there. Right now, we don't have a spine. Our midfield is the issue. We need to fix that. And people can talk about, oh, we should have replaced Wijnaldum, whatever, we miss him. Okay, it's happened. Wijnaldum's gone. We need to replace him. So my big issue from the summer was, I'm sorry to interject, Yeah, go on. Thiago, for me, was the Wijnaldum replacement. It just came a year earlier than it should have. Yeah. The real replacement that needs to happen now is Henderson. Because you... From what I feel is, Henderson moves into that Milner kind of role where it's one appearance every three games, let's say. But you need someone who can do that job on a consistent basis. You need a fresh pair of legs. That's the main thing that we should have been replacing this summer. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. And I think, yeah, like you said, Henderson's going to go into the Milner role. Milner will probably leave. 
will become a coach or whatever, and that's great. He's done a great job for us. Um, but yeah, you, you've kind of got you need to replace that Henderson position, and then you've got Ox and Cater who are going to probably leave, so you need to replace them as well. So it, it, it's just we need to sort out the midfield. I think that is my biggest bugbear right now. Is it's just not settled, and that's what's irritating me. And obviously, we need a wide full. So, so for me, obviously, I, I I agree with with a lot of the points you made. I mean, one thing that really gets me when it comes to the transfer market, and especially this year, was you know fa- our fan base were, were celebrating contract extensions Bruv. and extending the contract of the team. Like, it, like if you're a big club, if you're a big club, that is what should happen naturally. This is it's a natural process. You extend the contracts of your top players. And we've done that. And I think it was, they made it out as though, yeah, look, this is our signings. We're sorted. We'll be okay. This team, this set of players has gone. They've gone toe-to-toe with City. And you know what? By signing on everyone, we'll be absolutely fine. No, that's not the case. Because we need to add to the squad. Because everyone is also ageing. It's quite clear to see that, that midfield, in order to work in this industrial industrious midfield, you need an engine. No one in that midfield has the engine to keep going for a number of games and also get about the pitch. And I know they're like workhorses, but we, we need someone like that. It's crying out for someone like that. And we said it at the start of the year. We need a midfielder and we need someone to support the attack. We looked at the AFCON games. We knew what the AFCON games were, Crystal Palace and Brentford. And we thought in our head of heads that, you know what, Bobby Firmino, Taki, Origi and... Jota will be able to cover it, and we all and we all thought, oh yeah, that's fine. Salah Mane off, Kate. I never yeah, thought that would be enough to cover it. Yeah, yeah no, okay. I, but I never. But thought no, that. yeah. No, what what we'll say about that okay. is heading to heading to Afcon. Now, after what we've seen from Minamino and Origi up to this point, I was thinking, okay, cool for two games, that should be enough. Realistically, for two, they were thinking for two games. With the form that they've shown this season, that should be enough. Now we have no idea. We don't even know where Origi is and Minamino's injured. So that kind of throws exactly. it out the window. And like, okay, fair enough. I can see why certain fans might have said, okay, we, we can be covered with those players. But you know, God forbid, what happens if something happens to Salah? What happens if something happens? What, what, what are we going to do if something happens to money? Same thing happened last year. Van Dyke, one of our senior players, got injured. And, I'll, you know, everything just went sort of tits up. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but what happens if that did happen? Why do we not have cover? Why do we not have adequate cover for those winger positions? Like, that's like our USP as Liverpool, like, to go for the wings, attack, get goals. And if 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 we lose a player in that position, what, what are we going to do? And the cover we have, the gap between Salah Mane and the other wingers that could come in is just too great. It's just too great. And it's, yeah. Yeah, so 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 my, so my main issue is number one contract extensions that 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 don't work for me. Like that's just normal. If you're a big club, you do that as per normal. Second of all, midfield cover that up quickly, and third of all, we need a need a winger man. Can I just say one thing? FSG have done a fucking number on our fan base. They've done a fucking number. They have used the journalists so well to spread their message. And to kind of get people to believe in them and what they do and what you can and can't do as a football club. Because the contract celebrations 
and the bringing up the fucking new training ground as reasons for why we can't sign players absolutely does my head in. It's such a nothing point. It's absolutely a nothing point. And how FSG have kind of briefed James Pierce, Melissa Reddy, Paul Joyce, fucking Dave Maddock and all these fuckers. And these guys write all these amazing articles about all this money that we're making and this sponsorship and oh, it's being reinvested into the club all the time. But it's never being reinvested into the fucking squad. And we've just accepted it. Now, back in the day, 10 years ago, we never used to think, ah, oh, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, we, we don't need to improve the squad because, you know, we're putting money into the, the stadium or into the training ground. It, it just doesn't make sense. Whereas now, you'll make a comment about not signing a player and you have 10 dorks at you and you'll be like, oh, but, but you're, you're being spoiled. We just got a new training ground. What the fuck has a training ground got to do with me being a football fan? What? I don't watch football for training grounds. I watch it to watch my team win. Of course. You're missing out, lad. Yeah, I watch it for the training grounds. Fucking fuck you know, hell. Like, these guys are all watching inside Melwood or something or Kirkby, wherever the fuck we train nowadays. <laughs> Inside the AXA training center, you know, on YouTube, like what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, surely we all watch football for the same reasons. We watch it to watch our team win. So why are we always talking about money and justifying not improving our squad? And infrastructure should be one of those things that just happens naturally as well. Like, it it shouldn't affect player recruitment. <laughs> It's it's nonsense. It's nonsense, and we spent all this time praising my um, fucking Edwards and all this kind of stuff, and you know, or, uh, we plan everything out methodically. We plan out transfers two years ahead of time. Fuck off, do we? We don't plan any of that shit out. We we don't do any of that. We just scout a bunch of players, and then we fucking hope we can sign them. That's it. Nothing is planned out two years in advance. I'll tell you that for free. Meanwhile, Michael Edwards was planning his uh, escape to Real Madrid. Exactly. And, he's fu- and you know the Mbappe talk? Yeah, you're right. Edwards did talk to Mbappe for Madrid, not for, Madrid. for Liverpool. Yeah. That's where he's going. And he's, making me, he's making me laugh as well because, like, you know, you see, like, Graven Birch, you know, Real Madrid looking at Graven Birch. It's like, hang on a minute. I was told he was coming to Liverpool at some point. So, bruv, is it just bruv, him taking... What Edwards has done, yeah, he's, he's fucking played a blinder. He's been paid by FSG and he's he's gone into these talks talking as a representative of LFC, whereas on the side, he's actually speaking to these agents and being like, yo, you know what? I'll pattern you a move to Madrid. Just 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 hold on a bit. Just hold on a bit. That's what he's been doing. And you've got to see, Madrid are going to get all the fucking worldies in the summer, man. And Edward is going to be there smiling with his fucking four eyes. I'm so done with this shit, man. We've over again. I'm so done with it. Um, just to figure on the contract thing as well. So, uh, for, for me, I thought the whole point of renewing the contracts was a re- rewarding the players for the hard work that they've done. Goes without saying, but mainly I thought it was to raise the the floor of what the average wage could be, so you could then attract a higher caliber player, and, <laughs> and th- then there would be no firing on, no, you know. 200 grand a week because the disparity is in there. Because the thing with Liverpool is they they act like a super club in every single facet possible. Apart from when it comes to spending money. 
you know it will be yeah we're gonna see Salah getting a contract extension come the end of January telling you that's what it's going to be they'll use Salah yeah, contract or something to, to pull over our eyes and say yeah look we managed to do something we secured a salary new deal 100% and then James Pierce will write a fucking 1500 word article about you know we weren't able to sign a player but Salah is the new signing he guarantees us a new wide forward for the next four seasons that's the what form of the form of Divock Origi as he made his return from his mysterious injury convinced Liverpool senior execs that they didn't need to dip into the transfer, the January transfer window, <laughs> Honestly, as man. they were convinced the Belgian had done enough to earn himself an extension in his contract. Yeah, um, on, That's exactly what you say. <laughs> I've read too many of them. Is that ingrained in my mind like the fucking Manchurian candidate? Um, <laughs> but there's going to, whether we like it or not, there's going to be a lot more. Uh, Transfer stuff coming up on the Patreon page in the next <laughs> month or so. Why, why are you lying? What are we going to talk about? We're, no, talk... we're not signing anyone. We're, we're going to talk about Nath Phillips leaving. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> you're, you're literally making people unsubscribe from our Patreon page. Right now. <laughs> we got to give them more than that, man. Nah, there's there's a lot of stuff on the page. There's gonna a lot of stuff coming up on the Patreon page. Uh, we've got a few. We've got a lot more to come from our new football and me series. Uh, if you haven't heard the first episode. Uh, I sat down with Harold to kind of explore how he got into football um, and what has led him to the point to join Copend. Uh, really, so it was a really good conversation. Do uh, listen to it if you have subscribed. Uh, Bad takes stuff- out this week. Yeah, we've got a lot. New- we've got a lot of stuff coming from Bantics and next. I'll be jumping on there in the next few few weeks as well to talk about wide attacking midfielders that we'll probably never sign. Um, we've got the, the AOB will be returning. We did a festive edition of AOB a few weeks ago. It, it was me, Fai, and Harold. It was a very good laugh. Um, so AOB will be making a triumphant return. And of course, when we do play games, uh, you will have the um, the weekend preview, the midweek preview, and of course the post match pods, the famous post match pods. And we're just going to do a lot more stuff as well, just in terms of, you know, stick or twist, like I mentioned earlier, what will happen with fringe players, uh, the Christmas list, what players do we really want to see coming in next summer. Um, and it's going to be just so much good stuff coming up on the page. Of course, we're going to have the monthly patron fracas where we sit down with all the other members of the Touchline Media Group as well to see how the season's going. So that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. See if uh, there'll be a lot of fun if you want to hear United Pain because their pod yesterday was an absolutely fantastic stuff. So if you want to hear about more about the Godfather of Gig Compressing, do be on the lookout for that. So yeah, all that and more for just three pound a month. So do subscribe today, and the link is in the bio. Um, Start doing the final word. Fahi, I'm going to come to you. Um, you get the final word as we end this week's uh, end this week's pod. Any any good words of encouragement? Any good words of of, of hope you can give the, give the listeners? Thank the Lord. Our game on Thursday is not going ahead. Fucking hell. I need a break from watching these pricks, man. And I hope Sunday's cancelled as well. That is my hope. I hope both of these games are delayed and we can play them later on. That we're going to have a week free full of no LFC football. It's, it's good. It, we, can re, we can regroup and we can sort ourselves out and we can stop playing volleyball in the middle of the pitch. I think it's just a good break for the fans as well. I mean, you know, you can sit down and watch Cobra Kai on Netflix, do whatever you want, man. You can just chill, unwind, uh, and not have to worry about 
the, the repercussions of dropping points. That, 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 that's quite nice. Um, but yeah, encouraging words, to be fair. It's a nice one to say, get regrouped. You, you started smiling the moment I told you the game was being called off. You look like, oh, yeah, geez, I, I don't need to watch this shit. Well, it, just, it just means I can play PlayStation more, to be fair. <laughs> there so. you go, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so... You know, thank you very much for tuning in this week. Uh, that has been your episode of Cop and Fracas for Wednesday the 5th of January 2022. That's such a weird date. Still such a futuristic date. Um, we will be back next week. Um, what we're going to talk about, I have no fucking clue. So um, <laughs> that'll be fun. Yeah, thank you very much for tuning in and we will see you soon. Peace. Peace. Network.